Well, hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to my go-to mindset guru, Claire Flaxon, CBT therapist and mindset expert. I don't know about you, but when I started up in business, I'm not sure I was even particularly familiar with the term mindset, let alone how I needed to work on it in order to have success. You spend any time in the entrepreneurial space and you realise your mindset is the key to everything. Starting up a business is a little bit like having a baby. You jump in with both feet, excited and full of enthusiasm, but utterly clueless about how hard it might be. There's that famous adage, success is 80% mindset and 20% execution. The cold, hard truth is that you can have all the funds, all the strategies and all the support you need. But if your mindset's negative and telling you mean narratives that are going to hold you back, you're not going to have the success that you desire. So this week's guest is Claire. She's a CBT therapist who's on a mission to empower more women to learn the tools to become the master of their own mindset so they can move from stuck to unstoppable. In this episode, Claire shares her journey to where she is today, how she supports her own mindset for success and what her top tips are for looking after your mindset as a busy entrepreneur. I hope that you enjoy my interview with Claire Flaxen. This is the A Mother Brand podcast, and I'm your host, Noni White. I'm a former TV producer-director turned mother and entrepreneur, passionate about showing more mothers that you don't have to settle, that there is a way to be the mother that you want to be and do work that you truly love that works for you. On this show, I'll share simple strategies for building a life you love, based on business development and personal development through the lens of the science of well-being, positive psychology. I'll also be sharing interviews with inspiring female founders and my own insights and experiences from the front line of juggling motherhood and business. Now let's get going with today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the A Mother Brown podcast. I am delighted to be with the wonderful Claire Flaxen, CBT therapist and long-term friend and supporter of A Mother Brand, my go-to for everything mindset. Claire, welcome. Oh, thank you, Noni, for having me on your amazing podcast. I'm very, very happy to be here. Now, I want to know everything. How did you get to be where you are today and what is it that you spend your days doing, Claire? Oh, it's been a journey for sure to get where I am today, which I'll happily, happily tell you about. Um, but probably easier is to start with how I spend my days now. So I spend my days split between running my mindset membership, which is for women, women who know there's more out there and a different way of doing things and want to learn the mindset tools, but also get the accountability and support to put them into practice. That's the key bit that we all trip ourselves up on is not doing things that we learn. So I run this wonderful community of women in my membership and I do uh, one-to-one sessions, CBT and mindset in general, that deeper therapy work with individual private clients. So I, I, I juggle all of that with having my eight-year-old daughter and as you are so familiar and the whole point of a mother brand of building life that it can work around the things that matter and that are important for you. And for me, that is, was very much around my family, my daughter, but also my sense of how I want my life to be and having some flexibility and freedom within that absolutely and so how did you get to where you are now so this I if you told me five ten years ago that I'd be doing this I would have laughed in your face and gone don't be so ridiculous but I never had any aspirations to run my own business or to 
um, do anything in the online space. I, I started out as a mental health social worker uh, back way, way, way back, 25 years or so ago. And I did a long stint of that before that became just too untenable and stressful. And I burnt out, if I'm honest. I think I hit burnout with all the cuts that went on. I was in a very busy inner London borough um, and just felt like I couldn't do, do my job anymore. The service I was working within, which was a specialist service, got cut and we all got merged back into the big mental health teams. And I was like, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. I've done 11 years, that's enough. So then I moved and I had a job that I loved, which was setting up a mental health and wellbeing service at one of the universities here in London, at London South Bank. And I would have stayed there, except that my husband, uh, who wasn't my husband at the time, but we were about to get married, he had the opportunity as a journalist to go and be the correspondent in Washington, D.C. And I, and I, my mum's American. I have dual citizenship and I love the idea of traveling and being abroad and living somewhere else. So, so I was all in for that. But it meant giving up my job. And while we were there. I thought, well, what am I going to do? I can't just sort of twiddle my thumbs for three years. <laughs> what am I going to do? So I retrained. I saw a call. I'd always be, been interested in CBT and I'd used a lot of it in my work with students. And it was becoming increasingly popular in the UK. Um, and we were not that far away from Philadelphia, which is where the University of Pennsylvania is. And that's the birthplace of CBT. That's where Beck was working when he created it all. And they have a training course there that looked amazing so on a, on a whim I just applied thinking oh, I probably won't get into this um, and I did so I went and did it and absolutely loved it um, and around the same time also had my daughter so we found ourselves moving back to London when my daughter was about six months old but I'd finished this retraining and then there was that few years I, I'm sure loads of your listeners can relate to where you you find yourself as a new mum life is different I didn't have a job to go back to so I kind of just pootled around for a while, kind of had much longer off than I ever thought with her, which I'm very grateful for. But hit that point where there was a bit of a, an existential crisis that came in going, you know, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm, I'm loving this bubble of, of, of being a mum, but, but there must be more out there. What I, and I realised how much of my identity was caught up with my work because my work is very much in line with sort of what I see as my values and purpose in life to be connecting with other people and to be helping facilitate change for them and to feel like you're making a bit of a difference. That's always been important to me in everything I've done. But I found myself going, well, what do I do? Do I start looking around at jobs? Or do I, can I, could I go back to that kind of world again now that I've got my daughter? And it just dawned on me and through conversations with another good friend of mine who, was, who I met in the mum world, who had a similar age child and was in a similar position to me. Uh, we just started thinking about uh, why why do we why are we limiting ourselves to the nine to fives to going back to that kind of work again and the stress of trying to manage a school run and getting to the office there must be a different way uh, and it was really through her my lovely friend Gretchen who we started playing around with ideas of what it could be and what we could do and so the aim was always for me to do something with somebody else and then circumstance took us away she moved away to another part of the UK and I just sat there, I distinctly remember being on holiday in Wales and going, this is my crossroads moment. I can either give up and not try and just go and take a job I don't really want to do, or I can just go all in and do it on my own. And I did. And I remember signing up to, to, to buy the domain for my website name and feeling such kind of a mix of horror and, and terror and excitement at going, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. And then it's been a slow build from there of a lot of hard work and a lot of learning 
um, but some amazing experiences. And I've I've got to the point now where I just last year switched from being a sole trader to a limited company. And it feels like I'm in the next kind of stage of actually building a business that is successful and is allowing me to do all the things that I wanted to do when I first had this little seed of an idea that there must be something else out there than going back to a nine to five. I don't want to do that anymore. Did you have any idea what you're getting, you were getting yourself into? No, none at all. <laughs> none at all. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't change it for the world on the most parts, but I, I, and it's difficult because I love what I'm doing. So it doesn't feel like work a lot of the time, but I work so much more than I ever worked in a job. And I work really hard in my jobs as well. But there is something when you work for yourself and the buck stops with you, then it's very easy for life and work to merge and for there to be no cutoff point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't really think through what that would be like. And I certainly didn't stop to think probably deliberately so about all of the massive learning curves for me having to learn how to run a business, how to navigate the online world, because it was something that I just didn't know anything about. So from the very get go, I made a choice that I was going to invest in, in in support and learning and getting mentors and coaches and people that could teach me the stuff that I didn't know how to do, because I just don't know how you do it without that. I couldn't have done it without actually stepping up and going, I need to learn this stuff if I'm going to make this a success. But if I'd stopped and thought about all of that and thought about how I was going to have to learn to make landing pages and email lists and funnels and, and running groups, I would have gone, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it doesn't sound like my cup of tea at all. But actually, I love it. I love all the, the knowledge I've got now and the way I can understand and navigate a world that was completely alien to me before. Like, it's never too late. We can always learn this stuff. Um, I was just thinking about the difference between having a job and starting your own business. And it is that thing that you would never be offered a job where you didn't know the main bulk of the stuff that you needed to know. Whereas when you start your own business, you don't realize how little you know until you know how little you know. And, you know, the learning curve, it's a bit like becoming a parent as well. You don't think about, oh my God, what will I say when they say this when they're 12? Like you just go, I'm a baby. You go, I'm going to start my own business. It's going to be amazing. You're just sort of carried along by this optimism, focusing on all the positives. But it's when you get started, you go, oh my God, this is really hard. And I didn't realize I needed to learn all these things. 100%. And, that, and that's where your mindset really comes into play. And I think that's why, I don't know what the stats are, but there's a, it's a big number of, of, of self-employed or, or, or startup businesses that don't get beyond a certain point. Because the reality kicks in quite quickly that at the beginning, for most people, you're doing stuff without the financial reward coming back straight away. Like most people make a loss in their first year because they're setting everything up and learning everything. And, they, and then it, so you're in it for the, for the, for the long term, for the big picture before you get to that point where it starts to feel more secure and comfortable. And, and yeah, there's such a learning curve that unless you have that resilience and that mindset and that kernel of, like I always had this certainty that one way or another, I would make this work. And I've had to go through pivots and changes and um, do U-turns where I hadn't anticipated doing it, as you well know from, from all the chats we've had about it along the way. But deep down, there was always that nugget of, I'm I, there is no plan B I'm going to make this work this has to work and I will make it work and I can I one of the things that always sticks in my mind was before I started all of this but I was I kind of had it 90% in my head that I wanted to 
I had a real panic moment of just thinking maybe it'd be better just to go back and get the security of a job and a contract. What am I doing? This is crazy. And I saw a job being advertised in the in in London in Southbank University where I used to run the service, and it was as a mental health advisor in the team that I'd set up. Wow. And I panicked and I applied for it because I couldn't. I wasn't seeing anything at being advertised that I wanted to go for, and I wasn't seeing any kind of therapy jobs that were that would would fit for me. And I applied for it, and I, and I got an interview, and I had such a sinking feeling in my stomach. And I had to email them and say, I'm so sorry, I, I made a bit of a mistake and I don't, I don't want to come for interview. Because the, th- the thought of going back to do that, especially at a position that was lower than what I'd left, it just it, it just hit me like this is fear talking. I don't want to do this job. I'm just wanting something that feels more secure and familiar and predictable. And that's not a reason. I'm not going to be happy with myself if, if that's the reason I don't try. And it's always come back to that, like, would I rather fail trying or fail because I didn't ever give it a go? And, and I'd rather be all in. And if it doesn't work, at least I know I've done, I, you know, I gave it my best shot. But that's how I felt at the beginning. That's what kept me going. I love the fact that you, I love that story, because I think that as entrepreneurs, so many people frequently think, oh, God, maybe I'll just go back to work. Because there's that external validation, there's the paycheck, there's the the comfort with all that comes with that. But also there's the flip side, there's the lack of independence and the lack of freedom and all the stuff that which is why we do what we do. Absolutely. I think that that for me was the driver, particularly because of the nature of the work I've always done. It's always been public sector. It's always been um, pressurised, lack of resources. Um, It's always been a high stress environment that I I really think you have to to be really committed to doing it to be prepared to sacrifice so much of your own well-being and time because of the nature of of, of the kind of work you're doing and so for me it was very much the juxtaposition of the fear of the of doing something uncertain and unknown and starting up on my own but then actually thinking god I don't have to be saying no to loads of referrals that are coming in because they don't meet the eligibility criteria and the eligibility criteria has become so stretched that it's only people who are at the extreme end of crisis that get any support like I did that didn't sit well with with how I thought people should be able to access help so on the one hand yes I'm doing a a private model now but I get to say I get to to bring in the flexibility I get to, to offer people things if I feel I can I get to set up free resources that I know will be helpful to people like you have such autonomy then to make an impact in a way that you you want to so a big part of it is about it's time for me to step in and make my business and create my security for my family uh, but it's also time for me to create something that I, I really believe in and I'm proud of and I feel it benefits people so for those who don't know what CBT is could you tell us a little bit about that please yeah so it's one it's, it's under the umbrella of psychotherapy so it's a form of talking therapy and it's the CBT stands for cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's the principle is, is that we look at your thoughts, your cognitions, uh, your emotions, your behaviors, your actions, how they kind of play out in patterns and cycles. And you learn to spot the bits when you're going into these automatic patterns of thinking or feeling or behaving that are, are getting in your way or becoming problematic. Maybe they're maladaptive coping strategies, maybe they're messages you're holding in your subconscious that have just been there forever and you've never questioned them cbt helps you to shine a light on it all um, pick up the bits when you're going into maybe distorted ways of thinking or things that aren't so accurate or you're behaving 
in ways that are unhelpful and driving the patterns that are keeping you stuck. And it helps you to give a framework to understand yourself better and also to then make some changes in it, to do things differently. And that's the, the, the basis of how I do mindset work is very much in CBT. And then it's broadened out with all of the different experiences in, in, in well-being and mental health that I have from the years of working in it. And so who are the main people that you work with? I seem to be developing a niche, which I'm very, very happy to be developing a niche in, of female entrepreneurs. So they make up the bulk of my one-to-one clients now. And there's maybe a, a 50-50 split in my membership or maybe a 60-40 of, of women entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, excuse me, or women that work for themselves who understand that if they want to get out there and scale things and change things and run successful businesses, it starts with their mindset. Uh, so there's a real tangible drive to work on their mindset because there's a tangible outcome that they're trying to achieve. So I think that the way I put across the mindset work that I do resonates well with people that, that run their own businesses or are entrepreneurial in the way they think. But it's not just that. I, I work with a lot of people who want a better sense of confidence and self-belief in themselves and to be able to cut through some of the overwhelm and juggle that I think particularly us women experience in life that can can really make life miserable and they don't want to do it anymore they want they know there's a different way but they can't necessarily just change everything around them or they don't have the confidence to put those boundaries in so they come and they do the the therapy or the mindset work to understand what's what's driving these patterns and what's within their control to change so that they can feel like they've got a better quality of life so powerful um you and I were talking before we pressed record about an awareness of needing to work on our mindset. And, and we were saying that perhaps one of the reasons that you help and support so many entrepreneurs is because as entrepreneurs, we're faced with mad challenges every day, every week, you know, constantly we think we know what we're doing. And then it's like, oh no, I've got to learn something completely new and I massively out of my depth and this is really hard. And can I do this? And do I want to do this? And okay, I have to do this. And where do I start? Okay. And, you know, we're constantly facing barriers to success that we need to work out how to overcome and keep on moving forward. Whereas a lot of people have jobs where they go to work they do their work and they come home and then they watch telly and they go to sleep and they don't although they may be aware of some of the stuff that's challenging for them in their minds and how their mind works it's not in their face every day and therefore yeah. they can just forget about it, it, I it does... if, yeah I think if you look at take, say take therapy as opposed to mindset or membership therapy therapy would in, in my view, therapy is something we, 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 sh- we if we could have access to it or we or we had unlimited funds and time, it's something we could benefit from indefinitely. It's a lifelong thing. It's a self-learning that, that is so helpful in so many ways. But that's not the way we as human beings are set up. So most people that come to therapy have come because they've hit a point in their life. So either um, they've had some life event happen that they're finding really hard to manage and it's affecting how they're feeling, their mood, or they've, they're going through a period of, of um, their well-being not being great, or they've got a relationship crisis going on, you know, or they realize that they are stuck in a way that is so problematic to them now that they, they're prepared, they've got to that point where they, the discomfort of being stuck in it is now so great that the discomfort of doing something about it seems like the better option. So we tend to wait until there's a big, problem that needs fixing 
or it's become so chronic and we just don't we can't bear the thought of life carrying on or actually I get a lot of people that, that have come when they've hit parenthood because having children suddenly is a big old mirror being held up to you where you go I don't want to repeat the same patterns that I had I don't want this to be the legacy for my kids so I'm going to you know there's a motivation to do something about it and I think that's what's different you're right about the entrepreneurial world is that you are having these challenges every day that you can't avoid in the same way that you would if you worked in a different way so I don't so many people have got a fear of public speaking in your normal day-to-day life you you can quite easily avoid that yeah. you don't have to put yourself forward to do presentations at work you don't have to go up and you know nobody's going to make you be a performer but suddenly you, you set your own business up and you're online and you're and part of it you realize quickly is I need to get myself out there and be visible I need to do lives I need to do podcasts I need to do all these things that weren't ever what I wanted to do but it's part of me um, promoting what I do and so for a lot of people those things that could have been avoided in a very straightforward manner in another walk of life become foundational and fundamental to what they're doing so they can't avoid it and so they have to face it so yeah it challenges you in a different way and I think that's what's exciting about it because you learn all sorts of things about yourself and you're stretching yourself in ways that maybe you would just avoid doing but the rewards are so are so well worth it your confidence your self-belief your resolve that you can get out there and do just completely skyrockets the more you have to keep challenging this notion of what you can and can't do yeah uh, it's interesting isn't it parenthood and entrepreneurship they're both personal growth on steroids I've heard them described like that and obviously if you combine the two you're going through this enormous growth period all at the same time and ha- there's no way you can just switch off being a parent so I don't want to deal with that today <laughs> and there's similarly with a business you can't just go I just I'm just going to quit for a bit like you it's always there and you need to keep on learning and keep on dealing with your mindset and you're only as what's the famous quote it's success is 80% mindset and 20% execution you know like your mindset is everything it really is it's a starting point for for everything that we do whether that's our the habits that we create in our lives the the, the well-being, our physical well-being, our mental well-being, whether it, how we interact with people, what we think is possible for ourselves, the choices we make. There's, everything is being driven um, and by what, you know, we use the term mindset a lot these days, but what we're really talking about is, is bringing some conscious awareness to what otherwise just runs on automatic in your subconscious and we don't question it. So, when you're doing anything that takes you out of your comfort zone, it's going to be the mindset piece of the puzzle that gets you there. When you are creating something new, when you are trying to keep going with something where you're not entirely sure what the rules are, whether that, and that's parenting and <laughs> business for sure. Like it's our mindset that, that, that makes the difference. And it's the reason why, you know, if you look at anyone at the top of their game, whether that's, you know, ultra successful entrepreneurs or it's athletes and Olympians, there is always a mindset practice and it's always a large part of of their training or their focus because successful people have realized that in order to get there but then sustain it and then to take that next that next step it's all about mindset it gets to a certain point where you have all the abilities and the knowledge so the only thing that keeps changing and moving it forward is your mindset so Claire let's deep dive into that what would your top tips be for helping entrepreneurs with their mindset 
one of the first steps is just to develop your awareness of it is to be open to this idea that we've all got blocks we've all got mindset gremlins popping up uh, and it's much harder and sometimes it's impossible to even spot them solely on your own so it's it's to put yourself out there and say if I really want to be successful at this I'm going to need some help and then you find that help in whatever form it takes um, but for me it's always been being part of of either programs or groups with other like-minded people where I can use those resources and, and have that support network around to put it into practice. So I think number one, be aware of it. And then number two, start to really understand and be honest with yourself about your own particular patterns and blocks. So if you know that you keep procrastinating over certain things, take a look at that. If you know that you avoid doing certain things and it's causing your business to stall, or it's causing you to be unnecessarily stressed in your in your life as a parent. Like, look at what that's really about. I think for me, the, the real core of mindset is about taking responsibility and saying all these things are going on outside of my control. But what I can control is understanding what's happening inside of me. What's what are the meanings and interpretations I'm placing on what's happening? And then what are the choices that I can make? So it's tuning in, it's developing your awareness and your knowledge. And then it's giving yourself choices and testing out, even when things feel uncomfortable, it's testing out making those choices and where it can take you. I think those are the core of the mindset theories, principles, whatever you want to call it, uh, that I think are the starting point for entrepreneurs. You can't change what you can't see. So you have to, you have to learn how to spot the things coming up. So recently I've been working with a number of ladies who have kind of shiny object syndrome or you know they they can't make progress on where they want to get to because they keep on being distracted by things and they're kind of aware of it but how do you deal with so you say take a look at that so how would as an example those people take a look at that what would they do well it's always easier to take a look at someone who can help guide you so it could be that they want to go and do some mindset work or see a therapist about things and and by saying see a therapist I don't I'm very much of the, of the frame of mind. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means it's an interesting place to explore. So get someone to help guide you into it. But and so it could be different reasons. Sometimes we are so swayed by whatever we see pinging out there as the latest trend and method, and we don't stop to actually work on what we're building and, and give it a chance to work. We're just changing depending on what the trend is or what the, the, the current um message we see out there in the business world especially with entrepreneurs but often there's a kind of protection factor that goes on with shiny object syndrome we can keep ourselves so busy that we never let anything really succeed but we're always giving ourselves the message it's because we're not we're too busy to do everything so I would I would I would ask those questions what's this really about for me what are the feelings that come up when I stop and and say no I'm not going to go off that next shiny object uh, I can see it over there but I'm not I'm going to keep steady with what I'm doing and just test out what comes up for you and what 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 you're aware what automatic thoughts or beliefs or scenarios are playing out do you think you're going to be missing out on something are you comparing yourself and having this idea that if you don't reach for the next shiny thing you're failing in some way are you scared of what you're doing and so you're distracting yourself is it a form of procrastination to just keep yourself so busy with the next shiny object. Like, just, really be honest with yourself and sit with it. You could journal it out. You could uh, think about it while you walk and go, why, why am I keeping myself so busy that I don't allow myself to focus on the one next thing that I need to do to make my business a success or to create that happiness or 
quality of life that I really want. Because we can all we can all say that we want this freedom to work for ourselves. But in truth be told, I reckon about 70% of entrepreneurs keep them busier, busy, keep themselves busier than they've ever been and just as stressed out um, as they were when they were working. And they lose sight of why they started this journey. So we can keep ourselves trapped in the same patterns, even if we make these big changes. If you are just as stressed and burnt out and running, chasing after one next thing after the other as, as you were before, why, why are we doing this then? Like, what's Get back to your why. Why did you want to do this? to begin with and ask yourself each each thing you're doing each action is that getting me further towards that goal or is it actually a distraction that's taking taking it further away and is causing unnecessary overwhelm and busyness in my life that means I'm losing sight of what I really want to be doing you inter- you you mentioned the term self-sabotage in that um description of what we might be going on for those people is that a common theme in female entrepreneurs I think it's a common theme in human beings. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we self-sabotage and it's and it's tricky because it doesn't always come across as obvious self-sabotage. Like our brain has got a really uh, subtle ways of keeping ourselves safe. That's what it's trying to do. But by safe, what it means is predictable and familiar and within the realms of what we know already. So we can absolutely self-sabotage without realizing it. In fact, I work with a, with a very, very successful entrepreneur um, who runs a really successful business and we were talking about this in our session last week about how she knows there's a big stretch she's doing with a new product she's bringing in and she knows it could be something really massive and potentially very useful to a lot of people but but she's found herself just recreating the busyness of life in a different way so in so instead of she had one part of her business that was causing a lot of busyness and she shut it down in order to have time to work on this new thing and instead of doing that she now finds herself taking on a million other projects or saying yes to a load of other people who want her to do things and we dug into it we were like what's this really about and we got to the point of her uh quite rightly I think identifying that it was her keeping herself at arm's length away from really going all in with the thing that she thought could be really successful because that success felt a bit scary so I think there's something about we can we can feel like we are busy with all sorts of valid things but we're self-sabotaging because we're not prioritizing that one thing that would make the difference in our world in our business in our life Um, but it all from the outside seems very valid we're just you know how many times I bet you hear it all the time especially with us mums of I'm just too busy there's just too many things I've got to do but we don't stop to say but why are we making those choices why are we choosing to say yes to all of that instead of yes to the things that would really make a change in our life it's often quite hard for people to work out what are the things that are going to make the change in their life. You know, when you are so consumed with the busy and then the overwhelm that comes with too much busy, sometimes it's hard to see the wood for the trees and be like, yeah. that's the thing. It's really hard. And that's why I think proper mindset work, you don't do it on your own. Because we, we don't see our gaps. We don't see our, our blind sides. You know, we, we just, that's the nature of us as humans. We need a sounding board or we need somebody to guide us because a, we don't always see it ourselves, and B, it's very hard to change those habits on our own because we'll just instinctively go back to what we know. Like, it's the same with trying to, trying to do an exercise, change an exercise habit. Anyone that's tried to change their fitness or their health will know that it's super hard to do that on their own, even with the best of intentions. You know, that's why most people 
go to an exercise class or get a personal trainer or join a running club or get a nutritionist involved or, or, or get a group of friends to be accountable to each other because we need that that resource of either somebody else that can help us with the bits we can't see but also to help us take that next step to do it differently so if you are always keeping yourself so busy and doing shiny object syndrome it, it's not so simple as to say well just don't do it anymore just stop because you'll just you'll naturally just keep going back and it will be maybe it'll be afterwards where you go I just did that again I just kept myself really busy again and I didn't even notice it like you you need somebody to be your sounding board and to who's who's maybe not involved in your life but can spot can spot the gaps and can point out what you're doing when you're going back into the habit again and help you develop that self-reflection to see it for yourself so when you've worked out what the things are that you continually do that keep you stuck, how do you get out of that pattern? How does CBT help you do that? Well, you analyse it in a different way. So you question things in a different way. So the, the first step is tuning in and noticing it. And you either start to do that by noticing what your triggers are, where you keep getting a sort of similar response to or something that you keep saying you want to do, but you're not doing it. So if we're talking about business goals, something you repeatedly don't achieve or like why what's going on is there a gap in your skills or is it something about your internal narrative that's holding you back or your limiting beliefs or whatever you believe about your ability to do it or make mistakes and put yourself out there and be vulnerable so you, you start to sort of look at it in a different way and then you question it and you try and look at well how do I know that what I'm thinking right now is 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 true What's another way of understanding this? What's another way of looking at this? And what could be a counter action to this? So you start to, there's different ways you can do this, but you can start to list out, okay, at the moment, every, I know that I need to say, I know I need to do lives to get myself visible for my online business to grow. But each time I, I want, I think about doing one, I feel really sick. And so I don't do it and I avoid it. Or I say no to opportunities because I just feel so uncomfortable. So you could then break it down and say, okay, what would be a counter step? What would be a different response? And you can flood it or, or do it gradually. You can jump in the deep end and go live now. and say I'm just going to go do it. Or you can incrementally build up the steps and say, all right, first I'm going to put some feelers out to people I could do a live. Or I'm going to set up a free group and I'll do it within that. Or I'm going to map out what I would say. And you just start habitually getting yourself used to the idea and then you just do it in small steps so you might start off doing it in a, in a in a group that you feel very safe and is closed and feels private and you just give it a go and then you might build up to doing a live for somebody else and then you might build up to doing a live on Instagram just on your own but you you start to put these things into practice you you see what you're doing you question it you explore what might be going on and then you show yourself what happens and where you can go when you start to do things differently but that requires you you analysing it and saying, what are my beliefs around making mistakes or failing or being judged by other people? And, and we want to question those things as well. We don't want it to be where we're only prepared to do something if we know we're going to be successful and it's going to be great. We want we want there's power in doing something and it not working because then we show ourselves that we can learn from it. But we also show ourselves that it's not the end of the world. It's not a reason not to do something. We've still got to try. So when I think about mindset, I often think of it as almost equivalent to mojo in a sense of like an overriding sense of how I feel impacting what I do so that's just my I don't think that's like a scientific perspective but that's how I feel about it and I always think about um 
as, as you know, I'm obsessed with positive psychology and theories of well-being. And I always feel like you have to sort out your well-being in order to give yourself the best chance of having a good mindset. Now, I, I'm not sure that's in alignment with CBT, but that's kind of from personal experience. I know that I need to feel OK generally in order to give myself the best chance of having a positive mindset um, because if I'm not feeling good it's more likely that the mind gremlins are going to come out and say negative things to me and th the volume of that is going to be louder but if generally I've looked after all of my foundations and all you know I'm paying attention to my well-being then my mindset's going to be better and I'm going to you know achieve more and feel happier type thing but what do you do to look after your mindset? So I, I, I agree with what you're saying and I think it's interesting that you've you've put it that way they they are part part of the same puzzle well-being and mindset they go together and in fact I have in my membership I have a I have a, a separate membership site with a member pathway that, that I've developed that's a mindset process and the second stage of that is your foundations and in in that is your sleep your nutrition your exercise your fun in life your purpose your sense of connection so these things are fundamental to your mindset you're right any any of us that have felt unwell or had a really rubbish night's sleep know that we interact in the world and feel very differently our emotions are heightened not because anything different is going on but because we had a rubbish night's sleep and so they, they are interconnected I, I take it a step beyond I, I rewind it a step though with that and I, I think setting your foundations requires the right mindset to, to begin <laughs> with the, so it's really hard isn't it it's like we yeah I think yes we need well-being foundations but in order to get them, we have to be in that mindset where we're prioritizing what what we do and how we look after ourselves and the space and the time we give ourselves. So they they're all flowing, aren't they? They're fluid. They're, it's not just like a sort of linear process. They're spiraling and cycling round. You, if you haven't got the great foundations, your mindset's going to be trickier. It's going to be wobblier. Your resilience won't be there. But in order to get that, you need the mindset to go do it and to figure out breaking habits. So we're always working on this. And so. For this reason, I don't see mindset as a static thing. I think it's a creative process that you're in all the time. So I, I don't think there's this kind of idea that I'm going to either sort of work on my mindset now or I'm in a good mindset and it's solid. I think it, for me, it's something I'm always checking in with myself and I'm doing it instinctively as I'm going throughout my life. I'm sort of doing check-ins with myself without really realizing it anymore. But how am I feeling in my body? How am I feeling? What's If I notice a mood change come up I'm like oh what's that about or if I notice myself I don't know instinctively like grabbing for my mobile when there wasn't anything I wanted to look at I'm like what am I avoiding what why am I scrolling oh it's because I had a memory pop up about something that felt uncomfortable and I'm distracting myself so like we, we, mindset is something that you are just constantly doing as you're in your life as you're in yourself um, so it's a, it's a it's a state maybe is a better way of, of, for me to describe it than a than a, a, a sort of outcome or a destination. It's a state that we're in where we're always checking in on ourselves and developing that self-awareness. And mindset, I think, has become a term that people understand now as an umbrella term. I certainly use sort of, um, you can alternate it, but you know, often therapy is used in, instead of mindset or vice versa. Um, but it's a state of being, it's a, it's a way of understanding how you are viewing yourself and the perspective you're taking on the world and what's helpful and what isn't helpful. So how do you look after yourself to give yourself the greatest chance of having a positive mindset? Having said that, you just said mindset is checking in on your state. How do you look after yourself, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, it, 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 it's fluid and it flows, but I've, I've realised over the years that I have certain things that are really fundamental to my well-being and therefore my mindset. So, you know, I'm a great fan of, of, of swimming, outdoor swimming, year-round cold water swimming as well. Again, a few years back, I would have thought you were crazy if you told me I was going to do this. Uh, but I'm I, through testing out things and doing it, I, I'm aware of the impact it has on my physical health, but but on my emotional state, on my confidence, on my resilience. So I, I swim. Uh, exercise is important. I do different things. I kind of, I've, I'm a bit of a shiny object syndrome sometimes as well, and I can get bored quite quickly. So I might go through times when I'm really into running and then that switches and it's yoga or it's going out for long walks um, on the heath near where I live. So I, but something about movement has to be in around it. And I can feel like when I'm, when I'm going through really busy, I think of our, our work life as entrepreneurs as being sort of rhythms as opposed to balance. So I know when I've gone through a really busy rhythm, like I've been recently, when work's been the, the bulk and there's been less time for those things, I'm, I'm aware that that needs to then shift back and I need to factor in the time again for getting outside, seeing people, connecting with people is a massive part of my well-being doing things that feel enjoyable that are bring pleasure to life like if I'm only tunnel vision family and work family and work life just starts to feel too small so so my well-being and therefore my mindset is very much affected by how I look after myself physically movement eating um trying to watch how much alcohol I'm drinking all of those kind of basic things sleep is a given for me I'm I'm I'm, I'm always I need my sleep so I'm I'm quite religious about not not having loads and loads of late nights in a row I won't be able to function well but it's but it's broader than that it's about am I enjoying my life am I doing things that feel connected and full of purpose I love that it's like you've described perma well-being theory <laughs> that's what you do I naturally <laughs> I mean it's all connected and although I am a CBT therapist I'm, I'm so influenced by and I'm so interested in this world that I wouldn't say that what I do is pure CBT anymore I think it's very much morphed and it's influenced by all the amazing people I, I read about, you know, in the, in the world of mindset and well-being and psychology and neuroscience. It's all influenced. There's so much knowledge out there. It's a, it's a really exciting time for this, for this area, I think. So I'm, I'm, although my core training is as, as a CBT therapist, I'm, I'm certainly, there's lots of other much broader um, influences from therapy and psychology that I, that I will draw on and use so it doesn't surprise me there's crossovers in that because it's there's so much great stuff that you can pick up on and then and then then they cross over all these different therapies and and, and ways of thinking usually have some things in common what's the future for your business Claire what's your big vision my big vision is to be able to get my the process of mindset that I've honed down over the years of doing this I want to get it out there to as many people as possible I want to I'm I'm going big this year this is my 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 time to scale it I'm really happy with where we got to now but that's my vision for the business is that this um idea of doing intensive one-to-one work I still want to do but I want to be able to be growing my mindset membership in a way that is has a much bigger impact on people out there and I can take this this pathway this process that at the moment is the member journey in my in my membership that that's that's a core mindset process step by step take you through so that's the goal for the business is to be able to utilize things that are accessible to more people so that I can 
see change happening in more people and feel uh, that it's a useful change, that it's a transformational change for people and be able to, that's the beauty of the online space is you can reach people all over the world. And that's what I love about the work that I'm doing is that the, the women that are from all over the globe who come and do it. And it's, it's just going bigger with that. It's, that's my sense of purpose is that let's make an impact, a bigger impact. Where can people find you? They can either visit my website, which is claireflaxon.com, or they can head on over to Instagram, which is where I hang out most of the time these days. I'm on Facebook as well, but Instagram, I'm chatting and interacting a lot more. And they can sign up to the waitlist for my membership for when the doors open again later in the year. Lovely. Um, final question, Claire. If you could recommend one tool or book or resource or app or whatever to help another female entrepreneur in their business life juggle in their journey to success what would it be this would be about outsourcing for me so it would be either getting in resources to help you at home with stuff like one of the first things that I did was was hire a cleaner and it was life-changing for me at the beginning and then the net with my business the growth has come when I've I've got an absolutely fabulous VA who um we 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 I can delegate things I can not feel like I have to be doing everything and doing the stuff that isn't my strength so it's it's getting help in would be my go-to I know that's not exactly what you what you said but if you think of resources I'm I mean there are a million books I could recommend as well (laughs) but I'll tell you that another time but bringing in help not trying to struggle on and do everything on your own and bring in help as early as you can we always wait I think until far later and and we try and be heroes and do everything ourselves so don't would be my advice bring in help because we go further together great Claire thank you so much it's been such a joy to speak to you today you are very very welcome it's always a pleasure to talk to you and thanks for having me on I hope you found today's episode interesting and useful If you want to go deep on how you can build a successful business around your family and thrive in 2022, I have a membership that can help you with this. Go to amotherbrand.com forward slash membership for more info. If you've enjoyed the episode, please do hit follow, leave a rating, leave a nice comment and share with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Thank you so much and see you next time.